Welcome everybody to the Value Clarity Podcast, where we talk about customer perceived value and everything that goes into creating it, building it, selling it, and delivering it. Uh, Today, I am really thrilled to have Steve Melanson uh, on as our guest. Steve is the president of Melanson Consulting, which he founded in 2004. Uh, as management consultant, trainer, speaker, and his thing he calls verbal branding uh, and is featured in Forbes.com. He really focuses on simplifying messages. And as a matter of fact, he gets his clients to differentiate based on business simplicity. And so he helps build his clients and his uh, helps his clients' businesses grow faster, unify people, and simplify their strategy. Uh, Steve, welcome. Mark, thanks very much for having me on. Um, so tell us, I, you, you and I, you know, when we were preparing for this interview, we, you were telling us about simplicity. So why don't you kind of uh, guide us through maybe your journey and how you ended up with simplicity as your thing? Sure. So journey-wise, I can keep this short. I was a sales guy from way back and uh, did many different. I wasn't the vertical guy in the sales business, didn't you know, have a niche really. It's very horizontal, but Mark, at one point, and this is around 2000, the beginning of the 2000s, I was laid off three times, three jobs in a row from sales jobs. And I said to myself, huh, you know, I think I'm maybe gonna try something a little bit different here. And I never really loved selling other people's stuff, or at least most of what I sold. and. I happened to hit on the branding world soon thereafter. And the very first thing I noticed was branding does everything except for deal with what happens when people talk to each other. And being the sales guy that I was and still am, to me, that's where the rubber hits the road. What goes on when people actually talk to each other? I mean, I'm not in retail, right? Like I'm always B2B myself. So I always wondered about the dynamics of that. And I noticed that in the branding world immediately. So I called it verbal branding. I was a bit of a partner at a boutique branding firm. I had a, my slice of the action was called providing verbal branding. That's what I called it immediately. Mm -hmm. And I thought I was correct that that was unique. And, um, you know, as I've gone over the years, almost 20 years now, it just seems to be unique. This thing I call verbal branding and my attachment to that is called simplicity model. So the short story is verbal branding at the end of the day, what it really does for people is simplify at the front edge their story, their differentiation, their positioning, you know, why are you different and better than the competition? So you can talk about it in pure simplicity and sell more stuff. And we'll, we'll talk more about this, I'm sure, but after that, what I realized about the simplicity piece of it is you can take if properly developed, you can take what's called verbal branding, then the concepts that are used and drag them back into an organization to create far-reaching simplicity through the culture, through the leadership alignment, through how they attract and retain talent, through operations, through anything you want. So simplicity is the game. I I definitely want to get to that, but I want to park for a minute on the idea of of simplicity and branding. and I spent some time very early before I really started working in college uh, as a research assistant for a professor who was kind of a, a big deal in the consumer behavior um, world. And uh, so I've always been interested in that. Mm. 
And I love what you're doing. And here's why that, you know, the research basis of why what you're doing appeals so much human beings, our perceptual system, our nervous system, our brains are wired for differentiation. Uh, our, the human ancestor who saw the two eyes in the middle of a sea of waving grass passed their genes on more successfully than the ancestor who only saw the grass. Yeah. So our, our perception systems, everything we do is based on differences. You, yeah. When you're buying a car and you're down to the last two, you don't say both of them have four tires, both of them have paint, both of them have, you, you go to which wheels you like better, which one has the more user-friendly nav system, which one has the cup holders in the locations you like. So, so the differences, so we, we concentrate on differences. The other human perceptual thing is that human beings are mentally lazy. There's so many sensory inputs coming in that and, and always have been since that days on the savannah that we only process enough information to have made a decision and then we move on. Mm -hmm. So simplicity harnesses, I wanna get to it quick and I wanna focus on the differentiation. And if you're spending time with a customer, you know this from your sales days, you spend time with a customer talking about all the things that you do the same Mm -hmm. um, I, I joke that you're asking your customer to pay play where's Waldo with your value and what do you expect to do with them them to do with that buy? Yeah, well, so you brought up a whole bunch of things that I could spend the rest of the day talking about <laughs> um, <laughs> And I love talking about all this and I like the perspective you take because it's both anecdotal and science-based Which is how I like to view things is you know pay attention to science and research, but also what's the anecdotal evidence? but look there's a on your last point, there's a thing I call the 95% rule. And that means that 95% of people and companies do 95% the same exact thing as their competition. So the first order of business is to actually not be apples to apples. I also call that the of course category, by the way. You know, do you do X, Y, and Z? Of course we do, this, so, but so does everybody else in my line of business. So in order to break out and differentiate and use simplicity, you first have to admit to yourself as a person or a firm that most of what you do is exactly the same or perceived as such by the consuming audience. And once you get that straight, you start to strip away the, the white noise information and get down to, you know what, what really is the difference between what I'm doing or we're doing and those that we compete against? What truly is the difference and how valuable is it and to whom? Yeah. So you know, paint the picture immediately about now this is sales right who do you talk to how valuable are you are you differentiated and can you describe it and talk about it from a verbal branding standpoint so that the simplicity rings true to somebody else yeah doesn't matter you know, what we think, yeah right? yeah the uh we have that of course we do discussion because in a b2b complex group buying decision there's one or a couple people who are charged with making sure that you meet minimum expectations that you meet a spec that you meet and so they want to know and it's it's funny that they want to know that you're just as good as everybody else 
Yep. And so we oftentimes, and, and uh, especially newbie or inexperienced or not high performing salespeople, they want to focus on that. But that is merely permission to continue. It's not winning anything other than permission to stay in the game, permission to possibly be invited to the final three. The decision and the decision group is everybody else in that B2B buying team trying to figure out once we are down to the final three, how am I going to narrow that down to the one? And that's going to be based on differences. And well, I agree. And, and I'd go so far, Mark, as to say you have to be careful not to commoditize yourself out of the gate. Yeah. You really got to be on your game from a simplicity standpoint and know what the leading edge information would be. And if that's commoditized information, you lo- you're start losing the game immediately. And you might not get to that final. You know, I mean, this is where your prices stay lower than they should be. You don't really have a brand in the end because you're fighting it out apples to apples. But look, I'm here to say that simplicity is mission critical. If you have differentiation, you or anybody has differentiation, and you smother it with white noise content, <laughs> this is what you know. No, this is what it does right? They yeah, might have. You're, yeah, you're asking. Yeah, like like I say, you're asking your customer to play Where's Waldo with yeah. your differentiation, and yeah. human beings aren't that energetic. No, they they want to be hit with your differentiation without any work. And you have to not only make it easy for them, but you have to not clutter it up with anything else so that they can't help but focus on it. I, so if you and I met at a networking event, Mark, and you, the magic moment is you'll say to me, so what do you do? Because you don't know me. I'll say I do verbal branding and simplicity work, and then I'm going to stop talking because I need you to rehearse that back in your head, which takes a one hundredth of a second. And then you're going to get curious and I've begun to win right then because the leading edge information, it is what I do, what I offer, what differentiates me, what I need you to know and remember all the dynamics are set in motion. But if I start to say something like, and this is the, this is the business sin. Well, I work at XYZ company. We've been around 20 years. We're, you know, we, you know, this is the category we play in. This is who we sell to. You're losing people. Anybody listening to us, Trust me, you're losing the game when you're doing that. They don't care what you do. They care what's in it for them. It's one of my standard lines. Nobody cares what you and I do for a living. They only care what's in it for them. So if you don't have differentiated, valuable, you know, something to offer, and if you're not straight out with it with full confidence and simplicity, sales begin being lost rather than won inside of a few seconds. Yeah. And... I, Steve, I completely agree. And I know that you do this with your clients, but I just want to underscore this for listeners that what you do differently. And one of my mentors, uh, Bob Miller, founder of Miller Hyman, uh, his, one of his things he was famous for saying was people don't buy your product or service. They buy their own outcomes. Mm. And so you have to talk to them. Yes, it's what's in it for them. But when you talk to a customer, when you're giving them that simple message, it can't be the simple what you do. It can't be the simplicity of what you offer. It can't be the simplicity of your differentiated feature. It has to be the simplicity of the outcome that you you differentially deliver to them. How you differentially make their life better. 
So it's simplicity, but in the language of what they get. And I know you do that, but I just want to really yep. nail that home for everybody. Sure thing. Well, you know, I, I the reason I like branding is because it, it still is agnostic. If done correctly, it's still agnostic towards a whole myriad of different outcomes. And that's, that's where the tactics of selling and communications comes in too, Mark, is, you know, where's the pain that they're feeling? Is it urgent? Who are they that if they can make a decision, there's a whole bunch of things going on. But, you know, I just like to tell people, look, if you can't tell someone what we're talking about, I call it verbal branding and simplicity, you know, the modeling that I discuss and teach, if you can't do this, and that means that the model is, you know, one of the most basic rules is you got five seconds and your leading edge content has to be one or two concepts, not words, but concepts is the way I like to talk about it. If you can't do that, you're, you're, and you're in a communications or selling role, you're losing money every single day. Yeah. Um, and so maybe people are listening to this thinking, man, I need a really good, simple, uh, and I need Steve to help me with a good, simple elevator pitch. Oh, let and me stop you right there. I know. I was. I I knew you were. I knew you were going to stop me right there. Um, yeah. I, I wanted to push that button on you and watch it go off. Yeah. Well, so I'm not trying to hurt anybody's feelings, and it's funny. I have a couple of stories about all this, but um, to me, the elevator pitch might be the single worst idea I've ever heard. And I'm a sales guy for 30 years. So think about how long, everything that we've said, think about how long the standard elevator pitch is meant to be, which is 30 seconds. That's what everybody's taught. So if we were silent right now for 30 seconds, you and I, Mark, boy, is that a long, long, long time. And 30 seconds turns into longer and you're working against your interest, you meaning us or anybody. You're working against your interest. It happens to be, in my opinion, a firm wide mindset as well. Unless you dispose of the elevator pitch mindset, there's some possibility that you don't have a brand, you don't have positioning that will work, and you can't do what I say, which is the thing that I call simplicity as a business tool. So my advice is forget about the elevator pitch forever. You have to replace it with what truly, you know, I have a thing I call the crazy test. Why would somebody be crazy to not work with you? Why? You know, do you know that? And can you convey that in a few seconds and in one or two leading edge concepts? And then you fill in the gaps after that. It doesn't mean you don't get to the rest of the info. You do. But your leading edge has to capture people's attention, their imagination, their curiosity. And that's how you brand while you speak. Those are some of the most basic rules. Yeah. And, and when you say I do, you know, verbal simplicity and verbal branding and simplicity, that's what, four, five seconds? I have a five second rule, right? Now, if somebody takes six seconds, I'm okay. If they take four, I'm good. It takes me one, right? Verbal branding and simplicity. And then I zip it. That's one second of information, two concepts. So not everybody's like me, but we need people to not think they need an elevator pitch is where we started. And they yeah. do not need, and it's working against them to even have one. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, it, it's maybe word games, but, um, it's curious that people think they need an elevator pitch, but no, they shouldn't pitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right. 
they got yeah, there's, some, there's some business dilemmas out there that people are having trouble f figuring out the solution yeah. for. But. So I, I think you help people, you know, figure that out. So you and I both believe that that simplicity, that positioning, you're, you know, in, in you believe you, in its branding, um, that that we both think that branding is not the graphic style um, the style guide, the style manual that somebody in marketing gives to everybody. That's, that's the graphic part of branding, but a brand is a promise delivered. And so, as you said, the brand is everything else you do uh, before you talk to the customer. So everything else you do is something about the whole company and the whole culture. So I know you have a, a lot to say about that and uh, I want to make sure we get to it. Sure. Well, I like to use Volvo as the best, you know, sort of gold standard example that I think illuminates a bunch of things all at once. So the way I talk about branding in general is there's two big buckets. One is called the identity side, which is the logos and taglines and colors and jingles and all that. It's a lot of times you can see or hear it. And then there's the positioning side, which is the side I'm on. So if you take Volvo and safety, they use one concept to drive and animate everything that goes on presumably at that company and have, have done so for decades. And there's a reason they own that concept and it fits the criteria that I would use. It's simple, it's conversational, it's in plain language, it's memorable, and it's an offer. I like to use the word offer and you use the word outcome. It's the offer slash outcome of what happens to buy a car from them. And they have four wheels too and a steering wheel too and they put paint on it too. But nobody cares about that so much. So what do they do with that one concept? The brand positioning that they have. They, dr they drive the identity elements, their logo, the font they use, but they also drive operations based on that one concept as well. To me, this is full-blown branding. One idea, they sell with it, they operationalize it for manufacturing, for buying, for leadership alignment, for culture, for who to hire versus you know this person versus that who has the better track record for safety or conscientiousness whatever you want to say they might create what i would call a connected culture based on that one idea and i think connected culture if a firm has any more than a one or two people they need what i would call a connected culture which means not only do you know the brand and the positioning but you know how you personally operationalize it and how you add value to it so I just described a year's worth of work, Mark. Yeah. Uh, just to figure that out and then kind of push it right through everything that goes on. No, it's, it's, that's the exact same work I do is that um, everybody, there's, uh, I don't know if you know Michael Houlihan, founder of Barefoot Wine. He, he believes in the two division company and that there's sales and sales support. Mm -hmm. And everybody better know how their role connects to sales and sales in my world, but in our world, you're in your world and mine, better understand the simplicity of the outcomes you deliver to the customer, the brand, the, the, the offer. Well, I love um, that. I love that, that, that model of sales and then sales support. Cause that means everybody internally, even if they don't talk to anybody outside the firm, they, they know that they're in sales support and then they need to know how, if I take you correctly. Yeah. Um, there are big companies, um, 
Koch brothers. Uh, some I met somebody who has um, had consulted with Koch brothers quite a bit, and um, he said that every new hire in every one of their companies, uh, part of their onboarding process is a video where you find out what we what that division, what that Coke company does, what the value is to the customer, and then they spend time telling people this is how you and your job connects. Mm. And so, and they, I don't remember how many employees they have, but it's tens of thousands, maybe uh, over a hundred thousand employee in among those. So big companies do this. This isn't just something that a, a little mom and pop should do. Um, and in many ways, the bigger you are, the more you need to do it. Well, I'd agree with that. I think, I think it's an elusive thing to have what you or I might call a connected culture based on that vision you just described. And there's massive power. I mean, imagine, imagine if something sold of value and then based on the reason that it was sold, it's supported in every way based on the same simple set of ideas. That's why I use like a Volvo for an example. I mean, you know, even a Geico, I mean, they've been using 15 minutes, 15% for what, 15 years now? Yeah. And how boring of a, I mean, that's a B minus message, right? But why do they keep using it? Because it actually informs everything that needs to happen, how they sell, who they sell to, how to support it, how to operationalize it, what leadership should be thinking about. So it's not, you know, the fancy stuff can work sometimes, but I don't, that's not my world in the branding world. My world is, is it real? Can it be operationalized, sold, and delivered? Um, so do you still work mostly with B2B clients? Correct. I, you know, I do too. Um, so here's my experience. I'd love to have you either validate it and say, or say, man, who are you working with? Uh, I have clients that regularly have... Uh, a dozen different roles regularly in contact with their customers and um, sorry about that uh, regularly in contact with their customers two maybe three of which have a sales title and the the other eight ten uh, I have one client that has 15 uh, but every every single one of them we're still telling them today just stay in your lane do your do the installation don't talk to your customer about their outcome. Don't worry about that. Just do your installation and everything will be fine. And um, so do you, do you have that same kind of ratio of maybe up to 12 different roles that touch the customer? You know, I don't really, I'd have to say that that's probably close, but I don't have exact info on that. But you know, what I'm attracted to though is this idea of, well, let me, let me back up and slightly shift. Here's the thing that goes on that I think everyone should just be zeroed in on all the time. Nothing ever happens, you know, simplest thing in the world, no pun intended. Nothing ever happens until something's sold. And sometimes it's a product, a service, a person, it could even just be an idea. But something has to get sold. So I like the idea of having something in hand that's so easy and simple for someone to, even if they're staying in their lane, but let's say somebody's a, sort of a support rep out in the field and somebody comes along and says, what are you guys all about? Most people would shy away from that. But what if they had something so easy and simple to say 
and they had confidence in it, born out of the simplicity, by the way, that they were able to say, you know, in my world, if somebody, if I had a thousand people in my firm, everybody would be able to say on a moment's notice, we do verbal branding and simplicity work. So why don't I want everybody armed with that, even if they couldn't support it themselves because they're too shy or they're not used to communications or they're a field rep doing mechanical things? Yeah. So, you know what I mean? Like, so the stay in the lane, like I'm, I think it, I think that's absolutely appropriate. But the layering I put on top of that is, and it's partly why I have the rules that I do. Can the new hire to the janitor, to the middle manager, to the CEO, to the board member, say something and be able to, it starts with what we think. Can they think it and say it so that the leading edge, and even if they have to leave it at that, is a couple of concepts and a few seconds worth of information. And then maybe that person on the field says, you know what, I can get you in touch with who you need to talk to. But if that sounds interesting to you, then I can get, I can do that for you. No, I, I, I like that. And that's a, that's a huge step above what a lot of companies do. So um, I, I think you've got a lot of job security there. Both of us. <laughs> hey, you want to hear, wanna, can I take th less than like 15 seconds? Yeah, yeah. So your, your audience might like looking at this. Siegel and Gale is a global branding company, right? And they have a thing they do that's called the Simplicity Index. So they do a lot of work on what the effect of simplicity is on quote unquote brands, which to me is, means the success of a company. So they have a list. People can look it up at Siegel and Gale, the Simplicity Index, and the stats that they come up with are very interesting. So they have a list and their top 10 simplest brands worldwide outperform the indexes by over 600%. Consumers recommend them by over 60% more often. And listen to this. This is what I love. For anybody that's listening to us that feels like they have trouble differentiating and they end up fighting it out on price, the differentiation is a margin issue. It's a, it's a what do you charge issue. And simplicity is in that game. According to Siegel and Gale, 55% of uh, buyers are willing to pay more based on the dynamics of simplicity alone. So it's like, it's like a no brainer. You got to simplify. It's mission critical. Yeah. Now, so let, let me turn that into an outcome for our, our listeners. When you're able to charge more, every dollar you sell for the average fortune 500 company is about 12 cents in profit. Like, Every dollar they get in price premium is a dollar in profit. Yeah. Because when you don't discount what you sold, when you sell it for a dollar more, your cost to deliver did not change. Right. So pricing is profit. So everything you said was blah, 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 blah. Simplicity gives you profit. <laughs> Right, nice. yeah, I mean, all of those outperforms by six hundred percent, higher growth, higher loyalty. Uh, all of those have very similar dollar impacts. But just think of that one in terms of um, pricing power. And no, I'm totally with you. And, and the thing I want to, well, the thing I want to relate it to, so that the you know the audience is really crystal clear. Branding is not a logo. Branding is not a color. It's part of it, but it's secondary to positioning and what your differentiated outcome and value and all those good things are. So people should not think that branding is a nice to have. It's absolutely critical. 
And you know, everybody's talking about pivoting now, right, with COVID-19 and where they're gonna go and where they're gonna be in six months. So maybe now's an opportunity to step back and say, you know what, what truly is our value? What are the outcomes we're promising? You know, who are we talking to and how much do we charge? And all the things, if we wrapped our arms around all this, Mark, maybe now's an opportunity to pivot, which everybody's thinking about, I suppose, you know, but to what? Where's your value really at and who are you talking to about it? Yeah. Um, I, yeah, absolutely. And actually during that pivot, I, I keep coming back to the Domino's pizza and they did not have to change how they make a pizza or deliver a pizza at all, but they came up with this brilliant marketing of contactless delivery. Because when you take a pizza out of a 425 degree oven, you're not touching it. You use a peel. And you put and just for efficiency's sake, with that peel, you put it on the cardboard in the box and you hit it with a pizza cutter. You weren't going to touch it anyway. But so and and that's true of every pizza company. But they were the first one to say, "Hey, we're contactless delivery." Pretty smart, huh? And so they weren't necessarily competing with the other pizza companies. They were competing with every other takeout or delivered food item. Yeah. And they were, hey, pizza is a contactless food item. Um, so their value, uh, that was value that was always there. Mm -hmm. They just were astute enough to realize that suddenly that value that was always there uh, is more important in the minds of my customers. And so that pivot didn't mean a new, a new promise. Mm -hmm. uh, it just meant a new divert you the customer's eyes to a certain part of that promise that they didn't know they cared about so much well and i don't mind calling that positioning you know sometimes you have to reposition because you know the first thing you know branding is a funny thing right like one way to describe it is as soon as someone hears of you or me or something about a pizza shop what's the first thing they think of and if the first thing they think of is oh those are the guys that do the touchless there you go you yeah. got what you wanted. It worked. And if somebody buys more often than they would have otherwise, you win. Yeah. And it means it worked. That's, That's all we care about. Yeah. Hey, we're, we are running uh, up against it. What else do you want to talk about? Uh, any brief thing you want to say before we, we cut it? Well, I just, um, you know, I'd, I'd invite people to think about what we said and what I'm talking about is, is an agnostic thing. So, Whatever someone feels like they want to improve the performance of, I'd invite them to think about simplifying it is one way, if not the best way to improve the performance of things, almost regardless of what it is. And if they want to talk to me, they uh, should feel free to get in touch. I'd love to talk to them and um, bat it around a little bit. How do we get a hold of you? LinkedIn, I'm there, Stephen Melanson. It'll say verbal branding and simplicity. And my phone number is 781-443-5017. Great. Stephen, thank you very much. I, uh, I really appreciate the, the time today. It was a great conversation. Uh, you and I are very much kindred spirits. I agree. It, thank you, Mark. I, I love talking about it. I yeah. love talking to you on your podcast. Yeah. So uh, thanks, everybody, for joining us on the Value Clarity Podcast. Um, Steve and I both remind you that value or outcomes, your brand, only exists in your customer's mind, which means that your success is all in your customer's head. Thanks and have a valuable day.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.